man, Gabriel to see wins on a mulligan to four. At least game four, he did. And if the world was right and everything was beautiful, that he would have been the world champion. But he failed to do so. Instead, he lost. He lost to a guy who helped him build the same deck. Helped him build the deck that they built. He lost to a Dragonstorm deck. Iron is his. He lost last year to a Dragonstorm deck. Last year he lost because he tapped out with Martyr, allowing him to be Dragonstormed out for exactly the right amount of damage. This time, he overplayed his hand in the final designing game and increased the odds of being Ignite Memories by Pat Chapin's Dragonstorm deck. The ultimate wonder, two years in a, go, two years in a row, the Seaf got killed by Storm. However, the deck itself is kind of elegant. Let me read off. I believe Nassif's uh, deck is probably the default that most people will use, but I think Chapin's is actually a better build. And the only difference is Chapin has two Tire Fires in it and one less Pyromancer and one less Rift Bolt in the main deck. However, both of their sideboards are fairly uh, hard to explain. Um, I'll get to that later. But um, basically the deck. The core of the deck is four Fungal Reaches, four Molten Slag Heaps, 12 Snow-Covered Mountains, four Spine Rock Knolls, four Bogarden Hellkites, four Dragon Storms, four Grape Shots, four Incinerates, four Lotus Blooms, three or four Pyromancer Swaths, three or four Rift Bolts, four Rite of Flames, four Shocks, and zero to two Tar Fires. That's basically the core of the deck. That's the deck that dominated the uh, world 2007. It was the breakout deck of the year. It was the one that nobody had expected, nobody had seen coming, based on something that somebody saw at some Grand Prix that some guy was playing in the side of it who thought it was a cool idea to try to see if he could get Spine Rock Knoll to kick off either a Bogarden Hellkite and or a Dragonstorm by basically burning them out and just kicking it off the spell underneath it. In the end, it turned out to be far better than people expected. The reason, now there was some question about the Snow-Covered Mountains, the reason those are in there is because too many decks like this already were popular on Magic Online used the Stumpy Dowel slash Spread, and it was basically a red control deck. So people, so they also had the bluff factor going into worlds where they could play these, these Snow Covered Mountains. People thought they were the red control deck, and they basically were able to buy themselves free time by that allowed them to set up their storm in sync with more mana in play than they should have. However, now that people know what's going on, this deck is easily sideboarded against, easily dealt with. Uh, via better play from the players now that they have better ideas they know that they need to empty their, their hands out instead of potentially they need to, they, the players who play against these Dragonstorm decks know they need to empty their hands out as fast as possible and, and not worry so much about what it is they want the idea being is you want to suck up damage with uh, the burn into the creatures as soon as you can instead of to your face which is how this deck will win now the fact that, the fact that he came out as a surprise deck Everybody who played it, including several Hall of Famers, the worst record at Worlds was a 3-2 by Bob Maurer, who, who by all uh, accounts actually donked off two matches playing this deck because he was just outright rusty. But in the hands of a deck that should have been, there, there was really no explanation as to why the deck didn't have a 5 no player, but there was a ton of 4-1 players playing this deck. Lots of old pros and lots of Hall of Famers, current and very likely future. In the end, Pat Chapin and Gabriel Nassif was able to navigate through Legacy and Draft to earn themselves a right to play the top eight. Other players that who had a chance at top eight included John Finkel, who basically succumbed under the power or the under the pressure of trying to survive in Legacy. 
Um, he, for whatever reason, he couldn't survive legacy. He had a good shot going into into that format, though. Uh, if he done well, he could have made top eight. Um, and other people, very and other various people. So, the essence of the deck is is you want to get your suspend cards in sequence to come out the same turn to build a storm count for free mana. The free ma- the the fact that storm uh, it basically is a is a devastating mechanic that, that based on the number of spells played every turn. If you can get free spells in the same turn as you want to go off with the storm mechanic, it just feeds that storm mechanic fuel for the fire. Turns it it turns it even to a potentially more dangerous. And the fact that suspend happens to naturally feed into the ability to up multiple spells in a single turn, which the storm mechanic does, and happens to supply the mana supply them as free mana base because you're you basically are charging your mana early, um, sort of like a credit for effect later. Knowing you have to spend both time and mana early to get the effect on a on a given turn later on. In this case, the suspend cards are Lotus Bloom and uh, Rift Bolt. The Lotus Bloom happens to generate mana. The, the Rift Bolt happens to generate damage. And the kicker is, is Spine Rock Knoll is a land that when it comes into play, it has hideaway. You look at the top four cards of your deck. You put one of those cards underneath it, face down, and the others on the bottom of your deck. The for when you hit seven damage to an opponent, you may pay one and tap Spine Rock Knoll i.e. effectively two lands, to cast that spell underneath Spine Rock Null for free. So the idea is you get the one turn, you get some damage from, from a Rift Bolt come in, you get a Lotus Bloom resolving, gives you mana. That three damage is leaves you seven minus three, leaving you four damage left to go to trigger Spine Rock Null. That four damage can be done with two shocks, can be done with a shock and a starfire, can be done with grape shots, can be done with incinerate the shock, any combination thereof. That allows you to build up to basically uh, a four or five storm count in the same turn. In order to help generate the mana, you have the tap lands that you can charge up from Time Spiral. They're, they're called the storage lands. They're basically the modern, modernized version and correctly designed version of or the original uh, storage lands. They're just better versions of them than what you would have to see from, say, the Fallen Empire's lands, which are very primitive and barely poor, and in retrospect poorly designed compared to these. These are what the storage lands always should have been. And the thing is, you, you generate multiple manas over time with, or you store up multiple mana into the storage lands. Then in that big turn, you're going to jump as much mana as you can, you're going to cast as many spells as you can, and cross your fingers and hope that the Dragonstorm and or Ignite Memories will win you the game. Some people also use Empty the Warns. In all reality, Ignite Memories is probably, Dragonstorm is the best, by far the best spell. Ignite Memories is probably the second best spell. Empty the Warns is probably the third best spell with Storm. Um, in a lot of cases, people don't even put empty warrants in the sideboard. It just isn't necessary. It isn't good enough, really. Ignite Memories, though, is, is murder on control when you, can, when you can cast it, just like Storm is murder on control, or Dragon Storm. The other Storm spells, like the Red Landy spell, it's cute. It's not effective in this deck. Even this is, the, this is the best use of that card, still not very effective in this deck. So the idea is you survive the early game. However it means you can, you just want to buy time, buy time, buy time, build up mana, build up mana. Either you can hard cast Bulgarian Hillkite or you or you storm out big dragon storm spells. Once you get enough spells and cast dragon storm, you basically search your deck for all your hard hard and Hillkites, put them into play, doing damage to your opponent. Blah 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 blah. That's one way to win. Another way is you actually hard cast Hellkites as flash spells, sweeping people's boards and just beat down for five at a time. You can ignite you can go with ignite memories out of the sideboard to basically kill them with their running control deck or have higher casting costs up or in the mirror match for instance. Now, Pyromancer's Swat, it's an enchantment from Putricite. 
for every time an instant of sorcery does damage that you control, it does two da- two in addition to that damage. At the end of the turn, you have to discard your hand. Basically, what it allows is a single turn, a bunch of damage from, like, Grape Shot, different copies of Grape Shot become amplified by three, basically. Turns the Grape Shot into an X, to a 3x instead of a 1x storm spell for damage. And it's cute in that respect. However, it's, it's potentially dangerous in the drop because anyone who has the ability to survive that turn you drop the swath will usually make you lose the game after that point because you no longer have spells in hand unless you just top deck burn to kill them in time, which is, while possible, not exactly likely. So, Tapin and others in the Eve use the, the, the mystique of the snow-covered mountains and people's expectation with the snow, of the snow control deck to buy time. In the end, they effectively built up this, this big mass thing. All their spells went into the, into the pool at once. They came out, more times than not, winners by the damage produced by all the storms. And all the spells and the storm count being, being between four and six. Now, in, 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 in reality, this deck cannot be built any better than it is. It is, it is perfect main deck. Literally, it is perfect. There's nothing that can be done to make the deck better. You can argue the sideboard options, Ignite Memories, you want to have several copies of the sideboard. Sulfur's Blast are good for weenie decks if you want to deal with those. Wheels of Fate are absolutely necessary against, like, discard-based strategies. Ideas on how to improve the sideboard. Some of the cards that did not get used that would make sense to have in the sideboard, in my opinion, would be Fury Charm, Instant, one in a red. Choose one, destroy target artifact, or target creature gets plus one, plus one, and trample until the turn, or remove two time counters from target permanent or suspended card. That card should be absolutely nuts in mirror. Or against any deck running things like Thorn of Amethyst, that's trying to slow you down or stop you from being able to cast your spells in the same turn. You could take out their artifact, you could... It's basically an approved version of Shot. Fury Charm, it acts as a shatter. It also gains something trample and bigger, which is irrelevant really in this statue. But or in mirror, you could remove two time counters from target Lotus Bloom, effectively allowing you to jump the gun one turn, one turn earlier, and allow you to get more spells into play, and or go off at a faster rate. Another cyborg card I think needs to be looked at more of is four X of Martyr of Ashes, because it effectively is a, a red version of Wrath of God in this deck. It's no longer it's gonna you since you're no, the surprise factor is gone. You're going to be facing faster beatdown at times, and you're going to want to draw it in order to drop it to blow it. So it makes sense that, that you would want to have that. Uh, another sideboard for Mirror to be like the Trinivore, because it allows you to blow up your opponent's uh, storage lands over a course of a couple of turns while you set yours up for mana. It could be kind of interesting. I, I like the idea. It takes testing to see if it actually pans out to work. I'm not sure if it's the greatest answer, but I think I kind of like that idea. It should be pointed out now that even Chapin agrees that the deck should now be red-green instead of mono-red because of the fact that it's now known you're going to have to deal with hate in order to make this deck continue to work. It was amazing in the world because of the lack of hate and lack of expectations from players, but now that it's a known rule, you're going to have to deal with things like Trickmine, Rule of Law, Imperial Mask, and Thoughtseize, and law, uh, Rule of Law. Because of those, you're going to have to deal with cyborg cards now. You're going to have to make those available to you so you can deal with those extra cards, things like uh, Crossing Grip or Ancient Grudge and such. In the end, it's still going to be a tier one deck regardless, and I think it's an amazing deck to the right side of the game. You can walk in and just flat out sweep tournaments. However, if you run into too much hate, that deck can stumble really bad because it's fairly easy to be hated out. 
unlike any previous version of Dragonstorm or Storm Deck for that matter in existence. Um, the Decapod, it was, while they used it, is is really crap for for a cyborg card. It doesn't really do what it's supposed to do. It doesn't stop people from making discard spells against you. In the end, you just want more copies of Wheels of Fate, really. Um, Ignite, you know, ancient grudges are used to potentially blow up other people's artifact mana. You can say the same thing about uh, Shatter, uh, Ancient Grudge. Um, you could use Ingot Chewer as an evoked creature, because it also allows you to have a beatdown 3-3 guy for 5 mana, which could be done, albeit not efficient. Um, there's other ways to do that. Another really good spell in the sideboard is actually Martyr Rashes, because it allows you to sweep up all the weenies and play it one shot without having to overly unload your damage from your hand. I can see maybe someday people will just reduce the number of swaths and actually running main deck uh, Martyrs of Ashes just because of the, the, the fact that they could be pretty good. Uh, Fifty Needles are kind of sometimes necessary, especially in the site in the uh, versus mirror match, or against other things like Circle, Story Circle, uh, etc. Now, sideboard cards that are really effective against this deck. Things that allow you to gain life, like Tendrils and or Loxanon Warhammer, is pretty good. If it ever sticks once, it's usually going to be worth a lot and will allow you to survive the first one or two extra Storm copies from Dragonstorm and or Ignite Memories. Discard of any kind is pretty good against this deck because all Storm decks require a large number of cards in hand the turn they go off. So if you can empty their hand earlier, it, it helps a lot. If you can generate faster beatdown weenies like fairies and or two drops or one drops that does damage, that has to make them burn, sometimes burn hand, burn those cards and wasting burn from their hand, which helps you in the long run of the game, too. Another really good cyborg card against this, against the Dragonstorm deck is the Pithy Needle. If you put a Pithy Needle on Spine Rock Knoll primarily, secondary, any of the storage lands, it makes it a lot harder for that deck to actually win on that critical turn, especially if they happen to capture a key component under the Spine Rock Knoll first. Um, I haven't decided if playing that out, if you draw a Pithy Needle against it and just drop it on the first turn, I haven't decided really if it's better to say Spine Rock Knoll or to say Fungal Reaches or Molten Slag Heap. I want to say it's it's Knoll first, then Reaches and Slag Heap, but that's that's still just up for debate, really. Those are the only three targets you'd want to use it anyways and get some stick. Other really effective cyborg cards is uh, Rift Sweeper, which is the green creature that comes into play and takes a, takes a face-up card, moves it from the game, and puts it back into their deck. It's really good against... Uh, Lotus Bloom and or Grape Shot, which, or not Grape Shot, but um, Rift Bolt, in order to screw up their calculations on when that big turn is going to happen and if they have quite a, if they'll have enough. You could also kill the Lotus Blooms during people's upkeep in order to do the same thing, basically. Albeit with, you would want to use uh, Crossing Grip for that case if you, if you can help it. Any kind of permission will, will one, one counter spell of any kind, be it Rune Snag, be it Trick Bind, be it Fairy Trickery, any of those. Really, if you time it right and you know what you're doing, any one permission spell will damage or stop them in that critical turn, allowing you to survive. But then you have to have something to back it up if they do get dragons into play, because otherwise you'll still have to face down the beatdown from dragons. Uh, lately, my favorite for the plate wall plate mannequin, my favorite combination was just using rune snags and zero to two trick bodies on top of that, and a cheaper creature for beatdown to replace iron foots just so I can get more of a clock going. And it's been fairly effective in that manner. Uh, now, mechanically, this Dragonstorm deck is fair. It's as fair as any Storm deck has ever existed in Magic. It's probably the most fair Storm deck that's probably ever existed in Magic, albeit it is still a Storm deck. 
Um, and fair, what I mean by the fact that it is not broken, it's not too fast, it fits in just right into a, into a niche that's required by Combo to exist without being too dangerous for any format to exist. If people sideboard for it, it's because they choose to sideboard for it. You you don't necessarily win against any hate, but then you don't necessarily lose, or you may lose even against no hate, because it's not sometimes that that good. It doesn't have any search from the deck, doesn't have any draw from the deck. So you're kind of dependent on how you set your hand up from your initial starting seven, and then the first like three to five cards after that. How you set up your man and how you set up your land, and, and hope for the best with this deck. It's not like last year where Dragonstorm had blue to search and draw with. It had faster mana that allows it to have more explosive turns by building their storm count strictly up with mana producers. In this case, their, their storm count is actually built up with damage producers, which effectively handles it a lot differently in play, in a, in a play-by-play situation. Fitzing Needles is also really good for and against this deck because it allows you to, to screw up their ability to store mana and or use their free spells. Previous incarnations of Dragonstorm always ended up being something based on massive numbers of fast mana instances and or sorceries that allowed you to build up a storm count to have a big turn. This is the first time where it doesn't actually depend on the mana producers. You may not even actually ever cast Dragonstorm out of this deck in a given tournament and still be a winner of that tournament. Basically because it plays like a straight up red burn deck just if they want to sequence so all their spells come on the same turn as opposed to a over the course of several turns, which is a little bit different. But it still is a fairly it's as far as elegance deck, it this deck is a work of art. It's a piece of it's a it's an absolute work of art. Whoever had the original inspiration of this deck, because they probably wanted to try to make Spine Rock Knoll actually a good see how good it could be, had a brilliant idea. It was a brilliant idea. Unfortunately it also means that now that it's a popular idea in Moto. And as such, I hate playing against combo decks in general, um, just because of having been one of the original builders of the Academy Deep Blue deck. And you can look it up too if you want to Google it. Uh, Google Otwell and Deep Blue, and you'll find me putting out some of the original articles on the original Academy deck that took states that year by storm, and, and consequently Pro Tour Rome by storm as well. And ever since that year of combo decks, I just have this. I can't bring myself to play in a combo, a true combo deck anymore. I just can't do it. I, just, it. I always hate playing by the end of the night. I just seem to hate the tournament. I hate playing in the tournament by the, by the end of that night if I play a combo deck. So you won't see me actually playing this deck online. Uh, but that brings up the question is why am I commenting about it? Well, I made a post in, in a couple of places saying if you wanted me to talk about any given topic, give me the topic to talk about and I will promise to make a podcast for you. And in this case, I am following up on that promise because I was asked for by somebody in the... Let me just say that I'm fulfilling that promise and I'm putting in a podcast recording based on a request that somebody wanted me to talk about this deck. Now, the best place to fight this deck is with is really you want cheap threats, you want some cheap permission, and you want things like Pissing Needle and or Story Circle as an answer for the damage. Because it's all red damage. Story Circle is an excellent shutdown card if you're playing Heavy White. Pissing Needle is a great cyborg card to stop. Spine Rock Knolls and the mana production by the storage lands. <laughs> Any splash permission could completely screw up the big turn and allow you to cause them to either mana burn to death or not be able to cast their stuff or you can just counter dragons if they try to hard cast and set them back several turns while you have a, uh, some kind of damage sources in play. Now, however, that being said, yes, I'm not going to play this deck in standard. However, 
Bradford and I are looking at the possibility of reconstructing a Dragon Storm deck in Extended based on last year's World Championship deck plus three, four years ago the Dragon Storm deck that originally showed up in Extended around the same time that Mines Desire became good again. That was Red Black has all the black rituals like Cabal Ritual. Um, back then, it, I want to say you had Cabal Ritual, Chromox. Now it would also have Lotus Bloom, Seeding Song, Rite of Flame, and you could use Rorix, you could use Bogart Hellkai, you could use uh, the Black Red Dragon from Scourge that was shown up in the original decks. You could go with, or you could go with four Hellkites and four Kuka Shows, which come into play and make you lose life when it leaves play. So you have it coming to play damage and losing life when it leaves play damage sources. And we're looking to kind of see what we can do with that and extend it, either as a separate deck from Endurant Ideal or as a swapping out sideboard strategy for Endurant Ideal. Because if you play Endurant Ideal, people see that Endurant Ideal, they're going to go for a particular strategy that involves champion kill, and they're going to know how to fight your deck because they're going to practice for it. However, if you swap out your, your storm, you swap out your Endurant Ideal engine for your storm engine, you could effectively completely come at them with a different, a different kill mechanism that they have a harder time trying to stop in that case. Because they'll set up for one and can't deal with both at the same time. So it's, it's, as a switch out combo deck, it's something I was going to look at in the scene of how viable or how good we can make it. So while I may not play it in the extended, it's still an idea for extended that, that has serious merit as being good. I don't have an exact deck list for this for that at this time. It's still under it's still a rough piece of work right now, let's put it that way. Hopefully by February I'll have defined a few deck lists for extended because I intend to make the extended Grand Prix. Our first extended qualifier is on the ninth of February in Denver. There'll be a few other ones that we can travel around to in the next two to three months after that. All that being said, now, um, if you have any feedback you'd like to give, my email address is otwellc at gmail.com. I will record, I promise record, for every piece of feedback I get or email I get asking a question, I will record a podcast answering that question. And in the future, I will also keep notes of who asked that question so I can mention y'all who asked that question inside that podcast, too. Um, in this case, I at my mom's house instead of my house, so I don't have the uh, exact person who wanted me to record this written down anywhere with me. But this was recorded on the 21st of December during halftime of the New Orleans College football game, the, uh, the RNL, RLC, New Orleans Bowl. Uh, this is Road Warrior Christopher Otwell signing off.